When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. Welcome to the Inside NC State Athletics Podcast, powered by PNC Bank, the official bank of NC State University and Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Haynes and Jeff Grabley. And our podcast, as usual, is powered by PNC Bank, and we welcome you to our weekly meeting of the minds. No matter how minute those minds might be, I'm Tony Haynes. <laughs> along with my co-host, Jeff Gravely, who is about to tell you this is episode number what? 33. Oh, that's an easy one. Well, I, you know, I thought so too, and, and I started looking at the list. And so, all right, let, let me just go down the list. And here's an old school one that <clears throat> kind of uh, you look at, since we're going to talk about a quarterback today, Phillip Rivers, what about Sammy Ball? Sammy Ball was a quarterback, defensive back, and a punter for the, yes, the Washington Redskins then, war number 33. But, you know, I, I just kind of put that in there because he played quarterback in war number 33. All right. What about David Thompson in the NBA? That's, that's a pretty good one. I, I kind of like that one. Uh, Tony Dorsett, he was pretty good. Mm -hmm. Then to me, the, the two that you can semi-debate, Larry Bird and Kareem. Well, I, I think they're one and one A. 
Good. Okay. Wearing, wearing number 33. All two right. of the all-time greats in the NBA. Yep. For sure. And yep. you know, Kareem's still the all-time leading scorer, career scoring leader in the NBA. Yep. When you view the list of forwards that have played the game, none shot the ball better than Larry Bird, nor did uh, another forward ever pass the ball any better than Larry Bird. Right. So, you know, it's Larry so Legend, got- the hick from French Lick. Yep. And the great Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who arguably – possessed the greatest weapon in the history of the game, his sky hook. Sky hook, yeah. There was never another shot like that. You wonder why more big guys don't duplicate that because it was unstoppable. It becomes it became the jump hook. Right. You know, you still see it occasionally, but man, you're right. Get that guy on your if you're a right hander, get that guy on your left shoulder and throw that sky hook up there. So what it came down to me was three NBA championships, three MVPs versus six NBA championships, six MVPs. So I'll give the the 1A on number 33 to Kareem. It is appropriate that we're discussing Larry Bird, though, because he (laughs) was considered one of the great trash talkers (laughs) in the history of his sport. And shortly we're going to get to one of the great trash talkers in football, that being Phillip Rivers. But if you want to do yourself a favor – not just you, Jeff, but those of you listening out there, go on YouTube and search for some of these videos where you've got former NBA players talking about Larry Bird's trash talking ability. And yeah. it, it is, it is a treat. It is highly entertaining. I'll just give you one. They were talking about the one game that uh, the Celtics were playing the Utah jazz and bird was lighting them up. And Frank Layden, you remember him as the, oh, yeah. the old coach of the Utah jazz. Yes. At one point, Bird on the baseline stuck a jumper down in the corner right in front of their bench, and he turned to Frank Layden and he said, and you can hear Larry Bird saying this, hey, Frank, ain't you got anybody that can stop me? (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that was Bird. That was Bird. Well, as we told you, our podcast powered by PNC Bank, and we urge you to show your NC State pride. Here's how you do it. You apply for a PNC checking product and request the NC State University Bell Tower PNC Bank Visa debit card. Make purchases anywhere Visa is accepted. So visit the PNC Bank branch at Tally Student Union to learn more. PNC Bank, official bank of NC State University and athletics. Visa is a registered trademark of Visa International Service Association and used under license. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. Today, we will focus on football because... One of NC State's all-time football legends called it quits this week when Larry, or uh, there you go, Larry Bird, when Philip Rivers ended his stellar football career, 17 years in the NFL, 16 with the Chargers, one with the Indianapolis Colts, and Philip on Wednesday made his decision to not come back and play another year. Of course, a spectacular college career at NC State, clearly one of the most popular and celebrated athletes in the history of, of the Wolfpack. No doubt about it. And, you know, that's one of the great things that, you know, you look at your career and my career, we had an opportunity to be uh, around Philip while he was in NC State. You a little bit more than me, and we'll explain that a little further down the road. But, um, you know, the, the numbers were staggering at NC State when you measure it, obviously, in school history in ACC history and in the history of college football. And his numbers are staggering in the NFL when you compare his passing yards to his touchdowns. He's top five all time 
in the NFL in both passing yards and touchdowns, and he only trails guys by the name of Breeze, Brady, Manning, and Favre. That's pretty good company to be in. So think about all the great quarterbacks that he finished ahead of. Oh, yeah. Hall of Famers, many Hall of Famers. Many Hall of Famers. Yeah. And, and you know, okay, let, let's turn the attention to Hall of Fame because that was one of the things that, you know, obviously when, when players of Phillips' success retires, obviously it's even before he retires, is he an, a pro football Hall of Famer? Well, the fact that that is the question should not be a question. The question is, is he a first ballot pro football Hall of Famer? To me, there is no question he is a pro football Hall of Famer. And, you know, some people are saying, well, he never won the Super Bowl. There are plenty of guys in the Hall of Fame that never won the dadgum Super Bowl. Right. Listen, you don't go into the Hall of Fame as a team. You go into the Hall of Fame as an individual. And individually, he put up some of the best numbers in the history of the NFL. So I would debate, yes, I think he is not only a pro football Hall of Famer, but a first ballot pro football hall of famer. Now that's going to be key. It'll be interesting if Drew Brees retires this year and they're on the ballot at the same time, that could cancel each other out. But Hey, when you're talking about one of the best to ever play in the league, Phillip Rivers, definitely a hall of fame career. And when it comes to winning championships in a team sport, you're often a victim of circumstances that you can't control. Right. I'll give you a perfect example. Phillips last year at NC state in 2003, uh, the Wolfpack had one of the most powerful offenses in the country. Exactly. I mean, it was a championship caliber offense. The problem yes. is yep, the defense was really young that year and yep. they couldn't stop anybody. That's exactly right. The very next year when Phillip Rivers was gone, NC State was ranked number one in the nation in total defense. But because number 17 wasn't there, the offense kind of fell off the cliff. If so if you would have taken that 04 defense, combine it with the 03 offense, now you got a team that really has a, an excellent chance to win, if nothing else, a conference championship. Well, and that's why Chuck Amato always talks about he wishes he could have or would have redshirted Phillip Rivers. Huh. You know, as he has said before, it's, you know, then, then it, maybe your great offense lines up with your great defense, as you said, to produce a championship team. But, man, I don't – when Chuck comes in as his first year as a head coach in college and Phillip Rivers proves that he is the best quarterback on the roster, I think you got to throw him out there. He was a big recruit. He was a big get. And it was Chuck's first rodeo as a head coach. So I think the stars aligned for Phillip to be the starting quarterback. And we all remember that first game in the pouring rain against Arkansas state, uh, an overtime win and, and, and the rest is history, so to speak. But, but yeah, you know, Chuck, I don't know if he was – I think Chuck probably would have if, – if Chuck would have redshirted Phillip, I think many of people would have probably said, well, wait a minute, is this guy all, uh, all there as a head coach? But, but again, um, I don't know – I don't know how many teams were knocking down the door, schools knocking down the door to get Phillip Rivers. I'll tell you a quick story that I, I uh, talked – when I was in Cleveland, working in Cleveland, Phillip was at NC State – and the Browns were getting ready to play the Ravens. So I went to Baltimore to interview Ozzie Newsom, who was the GM of the Ravens, played his college football at Alabama. So after the interview was over, I said, hey, uh, Ozzie, I'm 
I worked at, uh, in Raleigh. Uh, this kid, Philip Rivers, is at NC State uh, doing pretty well. Why is he not at Alabama? He said, don't talk to me about that. I don't <laughs> want to talk about that. He said, I can't figure out how a guy of Phillip's caliber playing high school football in Alabama does not end up at Alabama. And I don't even know if he was on Alabama's radar. I think Auburn was interested in him. Ole Miss was interested in him. But then all of a sudden, it, that, that's a sore subject with, with Ozzie Newsom that Phillip Rivers got out of the state of Alabama. But as I recall, Auburn wanted him to be a tight end. Well, exactly. They did not recruit him as a quarterback, and he knew he was a quarterback. So he committed early to NC State when Mike O'Kane was the head coach. That's right. And you, you go back to what Chuck Amato said. We should have redshirted him. I think he was being facetious. I think so, too. <laughs> he had no choice. They didn't have a quarterback. Jamie yeah. Barnett had just run out of eligibility. And let's go back to the beginning. Let's go back to that time because uh, a chain of events had to line up perfectly for Phillip Rivers to end up being NC State's starting quarterback as a freshman. You start with the fact, as I said, he had committed to Mike O'Kane's staff. Of course, um, uh, that staff uh, was terminated. Uh, mm -hmm. They were going to start a, a new reign under Chuck Amato when he was brought in and hired from Florida State uh, in December. Uh, and Joe Pate, of course, was a part yes, of the sir. O'Kane staff. He was retained mm -hmm. to stay in touch with all of the recruits who had committed. And number one on that list was Phillip Rivers. And he, he was Coach the guy to help get – Philip Rivers. Right. It was Joe Payton. Coach, well, we they knew Coach Payton. Him. Yeah, Coach Payton had a great relationship with Philip. They had yep. established that during the recruiting process. And so it was Joe Payton who actually talked Philip into graduating early and enrolling second semester. I was just listening back to the tape yesterday when Philip was here four or five years ago and he held that press conference. I actually asked him a question about you know, early uh, uh, high school graduates. Right. So prominent Norm now. now. see it all over. The, yeah, yeah. Well, he was kind of the poster boy for it. Yeah. And, you know, I was listening to his answer to that question. And he said, you know, initially he thought it was a crazy idea. He said, I wanted to play basketball. You know, I wanted yep. to enjoy my, my last uh, semester of high school before I decided to move on to college. But he said, Coach Pate came up with this idea. He said, he looked at my grades. He said, you know, you could graduate early and enroll at NC State second semester, and uh, we'd be able to uh, put you into spring practice, and you'd have a great chance to win the job. Because going into spring practice, they did not have a quarterback. When they emerged from spring practice, they did have a quarterback. Because exactly. I remember all of those players that I talked to, the spring game that year, uh, Coach Amato said it, every one of them to a man said, we have our quarterback, we have our leader. This kid, Philip Rivers, is going to be special. And they knew they had something unique after watching him handle himself so well during the spring. But even Phillips said, in uh, the answer to that question I posed four or five years ago, he said, I would have not been the starting quarterback in game one had I not gone through the spring. So that decision by Joe Pate to talk him into graduating high school early, enrolling in NC State second semester, that set everything up and what it did and the rest they say is history. And, you know, I, I can piggyback a story off of that. Um, so he, he came in, he enrolled in, in um, it was December or came in January, right? Yeah. January, so, yeah. So I got word when I was working at REL that, hey, this new quarterback, Philip Rivers, is over at the, uh, what they used to go practice and work out over near, uh, over at the track. 
where they had the football field. They used to have a practice facility over there at what is where is still the track and field uh, facility at NC State. So somebody said, yeah, Philip and a bunch of guys are over there just kind of throwing around and all if you want to go over there. So I was like, sure. So I took a camera over there and it was, it was like a seven on seven, no coaches around. It was just guys out there throwing and catching the football. And I remember all the quarterbacks were out there, but, but Philip was the one that I really wanted to see. And you could tell right away, even though he was a kid that was still supposed to be in high school, he had a leadership quality about him, even in a seven on seven. And if you didn't look at how he threw the football, but where he threw the football, you're like, man, this guy can put it where you want it. But that was the first time that I in person saw the funky delivery of Philip Rivers, which if you go back and let him tell the story of how it developed is he was a ball boy for his dad's high school football team. His dad was a high school football coach in Alabama. Philip was a little ball boy, shirts too big, uh, didn't have the arm to throw a, a regulation size football, but he started out throwing a regulation size football. So he would have to put the football basically to his uh, side like a waiter carries a tray. And so the, he couldn't hold it or grip it. So he would just set the ball in his hand and then throw it. So there, there is the evolution of how Philip threw the way he threw. And then when he did get big enough and had enough arm strength to throw it, he's like, I'm still throwing from the same slot. And he did throughout his whole high school career, his whole college career, mm. and his whole NFL career. And what turned out to be something that people questioned turned out to be a great weapon for Philip Rivers. Well, there's a story I remember Norm Chow told us. Of course, he was NC State's offensive coordinator Phillips' freshman year. Again, a chain of events that worked out perfectly. If oh, you're yeah. a rookie quarterback coming in, no better <clears throat> offensive coordinator to show you the ropes than Norm Chow. Well, and, so our, uh, Phillip's dad, uh, Steve, credits Norm. Uh, you know, Philip yeah, getting an opportunity right. to work with Norm yeah. on, on preparation, on game, on watching film and all. So even recently, uh, Phillip's dad credited Norm Chow for his development. Go ahead. I didn't mean to yeah, I remember. That's all right. Coach Chow, I remember telling the story after he saw Philip during the spring and coached him up. Um, he went to the West Coast and he visited with one of his mentors, Mike Holmgren who at that time was a coach of the Seattle Seahawks. And he, he told Holmgren about Phillip. He said, he's got kind of a funky delivery. It's almost like throwing a shot put. I'm just wondering how much you think I should tweak his throwing motion. And Holmgren asked him, well, does he know where the ball's supposed to go? And Chow said, well, yeah, that's his strength. He knows exactly where he should be throwing the football. Yep. And Holmgren told him, then I wouldn't mess with him then. No, <laughs> no. And nope. uh, he did tweak it a little bit as we yeah. got through his career. The ball was coming out more consistently uh, as evidenced by his senior year when he hit 72% of his passes, which, you yeah. know, you can't do that with zero defense out there normally. No. So, so he just made it look so easy that year. But, you know, going back to the beginning, I still remember it like it was yesterday, that first game against Arkansas State. The weather was miserable. It was pouring oh. down. And, you know, Phillip Rivers and Chuck Amato at that point, they were kind of attached at the hip. Because that was Chuck's first game. That was Phillip's first game. And it looked like it was going to turn out to be a disaster. Mm -hmm. Because Arkansas State led most of the game and really controlled the game and had a chance to put it away. They were up by three with a couple of minutes to play. And they were down near the goal line. And instead of kicking a field goal to move ahead by six, 
they chose to go for it on fourth and short. And uh, one of the NC State defensive backs tackled the quarterback in the backfield. And so now all of a sudden, NC State gets the ball back at the 11-yard line with just over two minutes to play, pouring down rain. And they say to the freshman quarterback, okay, <laughs> it, you go. this game is in your hands. <laughs> and he steadily moved him down the field, got him in the field goal range. Kent Passingham booted it through, sent the game in overtime. Two overtimes later, NC State won. And Phillip Rivers in his very first game as a quarterback, 29 of 57 for 397 yards on a very difficult night to throw the football. It's been interesting to look on social media when uh, Philip made his announcement that he was retiring that, you know, a lot of the NC State fans say, yep, I was there to watch him in that first game against mm -hmm. Arkansas State, sat in the pouring rain and watched Philip Rivers rally the Wolfpack. But, you know, Philip growing up in, in Alabama and with that Southern twang, to me, just looks like a guy who would enjoy riding a tractor, right? So NC State Athletics and LS Tractor are making a commitment to the community. This year, we're honoring frontline workers who go above and beyond and deserve to be recognized. Nominate frontline heroes in your communities at gopack.com slash LS Tractor. Thank you, LS Tractor, for being a partner of NC State Athletics and for making a difference in the community. We talked about the numbers. We talked about the great Southern accent. You briefly brought up at the beginning the the one of the beauties of Philip Rivers is trash talking. And, and that, that wasn't just in the NFL. That started here at NC State. Absolutely. Even that little seven-on-seven seven that I saw in that January, it, 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 he wasn't afraid to, to talk to people. And they weren't afraid to give it back to him, too, because I think one of the things that was posted by uh, Thunder Dan, D'Antonio Burnett, he said, congratulations, cheese. And big cheese. Yeah. That's uh, right. Well, where did cheese come from? And it basically, it came from Terrence Holt, who after one of their big workouts, uh, he said that, you know, basically that uh, Philip was shredded like cheese. He was done overworked. So they ca started calling him Philly cheese for Phil and cheese, uh -huh. but then they just shortened it to cheese. So I was like, and, and, you know, when, when they had their zoom uh, this past off season of the 2002 team, to hear them go back and forth and all the trash talking that went on, that was just something that was as much a part of Philip Rivers as it was the, the funky throwing motion. The guy loved the game and played it like a kid and didn't mind talking about it, even through his NFL career, which is legendary. You talk about YouTube fun, search for Philip Rivers trash talk, and you'll hear some really good stuff, although no curse words. No, that's for sure. And, you know, the NFL, uh, some of the NFL were kind of taken to back by it when he got in the league because they're not used to seeing a quarterback talk trash, maybe right. players at other positions, but not quarterback. Yeah. But if you were around him a lot, you, you knew that that was an expression of his joy of the game. Right. That was a part of having fun. And I'm, I'm so very fortunate to think back to those uh, practices that I had a chance to go see where, uh, they would do a goal line drill near the end of practice. And you talk about trash talking back and <laughs> forth from the offense to the defense. You know, Phillip was uh, smacking with uh, D'Antonio Burnett and Terrence Holt, and they were coming right back at him. Yeah. And they would trash talk for a while, and then they'd start laughing. And then everybody standing there would start cracking up because it was, it was, it was hilarious. It was highly entertaining. You know, they'd, they'd get on the goal line and they'd run a little play action fake. Phillip would 
flip it to the tight end and he'd start screaming at Thunder Dan and say, you guys can't stop us. Y'all ain't got nothing. You ain't got nothing on that side to keep us out of the end zone. And Thunder would yell right back at him. He said, why don't you try to run the ball in here? Let's see how good you are. And it was, I'll never forget that. I, I, I mean, that was when I think about to that era, those guys, there are a lot of good football players, uh, a lot of uh, charismatic individuals on those teams and it all came together to create a lot of success but but make no mistake about it he was the ringleader and you know a guy if you looked at his body of work college and pro uh, he will be best remembered not only for his excellence on the field but his excellence off the field as well yeah and I think that's one of the things that that was one of the most fun guys to be around, to interview. Uh, obviously, you were around him a lot more than me because my story is, is I saw him in that little workout in January. By that March, I went to Cleveland. Uh, but I was fortunate enough to come back to Raleigh in time to cover Phillips' senior year. And there are two things I remember about Phillips' senior year. Uh, one was the game at Ohio State, which I went to Columbus yep. to cover. Uh, it gave me a chance to go back and into Ohio and see the Ohio State team play, uh, a team that had a lot of the guys that had won the national championship that I got to cover as well. But I wanted to see how NC State and Phillip Rivers would match up with a with the program at Ohio State. And, you know, the, the fact that Phillip that day, 315, four touchdowns, they lost in three overtimes, 44 to 38 in a game uh, where – if they had a, had a little bit of defense, they would have won that game because mm -hmm. their offense was certainly good enough. And, you know, the other thing I'll remember too is, well, there are actually three things. The, the last home game against Nemesis, Maryland, that Phillip never could beat, but it was senior day. Uh, they honored, had the jersey ceremony, and Chuck wanted to have the, the mortarboard cap because he had graduated. And there's Phillip standing at midfield <laughs> with the jersey up and the mortarboard cap on it. And I'm like, all right. Well, it was just a great celebration there. And I got to cover his last final game in the Tangerine Bowl down when they just shredded Kansas uh, down in, in Florida. And that that game right there for Phillip, 37 of 45, 475 yards and five touchdowns. And I remember during the 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 uh, trophy presentation, we got a chance to interview Phillip on the field and he just talked about how much fun he had had in his career. And he didn't talk a lot about the wins, but it was the fun that he got to have mm -hmm. and um, the, you know, the, the guys that he got to be with. And that's, yeah, I think right. that's one of the reasons why Philip loved football. It was the fun he could have and it was the guys that he could be with. Yeah. And his last game, that Tangerine Bowl, they hung 56 points on <laughs> Kansas. Yep. The Jayhawks had a young defensive coach on their side. Yep that night his name was dave doran mm -hmm. so he got a taste of philip rivers yep they got and, they all uh, got an eye full of philip that uh, night yeah that that no no doubt about that hey like philip rivers did with his teammates he knew all about coming together and coming yep. together makes us stronger and your carolina ford dealer is built to lend a hand as an essential part of the community, please reach out to a participating dealer to learn more about home delivery and other vehicle service options. After all, you have a lot to take care of and let them help take care of you. Find out more at buyfordnow.com or you can contact your Carolina Ford dealer. Together, we can all keep moving forward. You know, Chuck Amato always had a uh, one of his preferred statements was uh, stats are for losers. 
Yeah, I think in that. the case of Philip Rivers, the mm -hmm. stats do tell a big part of the story. Yep. As we sit here right now, still number one all-time passing yardage leader in the ACC. Yep. 13,484 yards. Number two in touchdown passes with 95. Taj Boyd of Clemson, by the way, is number one. Philip, still number one all-time in the ACC in completions, attempts, 400-yard games. He had seven 400-yard games. His career completion percentage, 63.5%, which also includes 72% his senior year. So, yes, the statistics do tell the story in both college and the pros. And you think about number one in passing yardage. If Trevor Lawrence would have come back for his senior year, he would have had a good chance to catch Phillip Rivers and pass him. He was going to need a little over 3,000 yards. And, you know, Trevor Lawrence, if he plays a full season, is going to get to 3,000 yards passing. However, right. there's no guarantee that Trevor Lawrence would play a full season because football, as we know, is a very physical sport and people get hurt. And I, that's where I get back to another part of Philip Rivers' success as a player in both college and the NFL. You have to look at his durability. Yep. He wasn't healthy all the time, but he played every single game in college, 51 consecutive games. He had a streak in the NFL. What was it? 240 straight games he played. Yep. And I remember Phillips, I think his sophomore year. In State. I'm sorry. 240 consecutive starts. Okay. Played in 244 regular season games. Yeah. Well, durability is a part of that. Yep. You got to be able to go out there and you're not going to feel, you're not going to feel good every week. No. You're not going to be completely healthy. He had a bad shoulder one of his years at NC State. I think it was his sophomore season. And being down on the sidelines, I would see him wince when he got hit. You could tell that shoulder was bothering him. He'd come over and the trainers would talk to him about it and maybe persuade him to take a series off. But he would, he, he would act like he wasn't even paying attention to him. He was not coming out of the game. Yep. And then he plays in an AFC championship game with a torn ACL. Yeah, with no ACL. And it, it was interesting that – Yeah. He retired 13 years to the day of playing in that game mm -hmm. in New England. The one opportunity, one went away from going to the Super Bowl, and Phillip plays with no ACL. You know, it, it's one thing, too. It's, it's durability. That's one thing. But the other characteristic is dependability. I need to be there. I want to be there for my guys. So I think those are two reasons why Phillip continued to play, continued to play hurt. As long as he wasn't hurting the team and felt like he could contribute, he was going to play. So durability and dependability, I think, are two big things that contributed to that long. Dude never missed a game since eighth grade. Never missed one in high school. Never missed one in college. And he put the streak together in the NFL. So if, if one seven was in your lineup, he was going to be in your lineup. Well, if you want to live dangerously, you can have a debate about who's the greatest football player ever at NC State. I'm, I don't want to have that debate here because all opinions are subjective. Yeah. But there's a short list, a very short list of candidates, and he's on it. Oh, you know, yeah. I would say Roman Gabriel, Ted Brown, Tory Holt, Philip. Uh, perhaps Russell Wilson, you want to throw him into the mix? Am I missing anybody? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, I think Jim Richard, maybe Jim Richard, yeah. a highly decorated offensive lineman. Yep. yep. 
But here's one interesting thing, Tony, that, that you know, I started we, when I was reading this morning about uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame, First Battle Hall of Fame, blah, 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 blah. So then I'm thinking of College Football Hall of Fame. And so Philip would have, eligibility-wise, would have been already eligible because 10 years after playing his final college football game. But here's the reason why Philip Rivers will never be in the College Football Hall of Fame, which I think is an absolute crime. If you look at the induction selection process, number one, first and foremost, a player must have received first-team All-American recognition by a selector organization that is recognized by the NCAA and utilized to compromise their consensus All-American teams. Philip Rivers was never an All-American in college. That yeah, that's me. my phone. That blows my mind. Is that Philip calling you? <laughs> yeah, but it could be. <laughs> so you look at criteria. Yeah, you know that, that criteria is, is a bunch yeah, that, of BS. Yeah, you have to question that because here's what really matters if you're talking about the College Football Hall of Fame. When Philip Rivers finished his career at NC State, only one person in the history of college football had thrown for more yards as a quarterback. That would be Ty Detmer at BYU. Yep. But when Philip Rivers stepped off that field at the Tangerine Bowl, he was number two on college football's all-time passing list. I think he slipped down to 14. But, you know, the game has changed dramatically since Philip Rivers left college football in 2004. Uh, you know, we see the spread offenses have emerged and um, teams and quarterbacks are throwing the ball all over the place. But to think you walk off the field that last game and you're number two all-time yep. in the history of college football in terms of passing yardage, if that doesn't qualify you for the College Football Hall of Fame, I don't know what does. No, and just still being, like you said, he's number 14, still there. So, um, you know, with all the money that he's made, I think he's made like $270 million in the NFL. My guess is if he wanted to buy oceanfront property, he'd, he'd have a great opportunity to do that. So maybe Ocean Air Realty helps Wolfpackers from the Triangle to the Coast accomplish their real estate goals throughout North Carolina. Hey, Phil, buy one. Serving more than a third of the state, our team of full-time real estate professionals are experts at buying, selling, relocating, and helping clients expand their investment portfolios. Visit theoceanairrealty.com and start a conversation with us today. We have the experience you need to make your best move. Go pack. He, could buy, be a, he could buy several beachfront. I was going to say it better be a big property with a lot of rooms. <laughs> with nine kids. Yes. Well, that's the other thing. There's the legendary picture of Philip. Uh, I, I believe the picture was taken. I don't know if it was his junior or senior year, but it's Philip at midfield at Carter Finley Stadium. Got his uniform on. Nobody else is in the stadium. He's there on the field. His wife, Tiffany, is behind him. And his first child, uh, Hallie, who looked like she was probably two months old, is right in front of him. Mm -hmm. So. Now he has nine kids. Hallie is 18 and his, one of his sons, Gunner is in the seventh grade and going to play uh, high school football at St. Michael Catholic, which Philip has already signed on. He did last May to be the head football coach to follow in his father's footsteps, not at the same school, but in the same profession as a high school football coach. I think that's pretty awesome. So yeah, I'm going to track his coaching career because I'm curious to see where this is going. Obviously, he doesn't need the money. 
you know, he's, he's going to coach high school football because he loves the game. And we go back to what we were talking about earlier. He'll be out there lining you know, the, the field. Talking on, yeah. He, he'll, he'll be sitting on the tractor mowing the, mowing the field. Bet you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's he just, always talked about how he sat there and watched him draw the lines on the field and, yeah. in baseball parks and, and that sort of thing. But I'm going I'm to keep a keen eye on this because he loves the game so much. And he has got such a brilliant offensive mind which was a big key to his success. Yep. This is a guy that could coach offense at any level. Yeah. I think he could do it right now Absolutely. without any coaching experience because he's like a coach on the field anyway. So we're going to see how much he gets hooked into this whole coaching thing. He may stay in high school. Yeah, that might be. I enough. don't know. Don't be surprised. Yep. That, that might be enough for him because there's also, there are a lot of TV executives that have lined up and tried to put their two cents in to lure Philip into the broadcast booth. He would be phenomenal. He would be absolutely phenomenal. And there are a lot, there's a lot of interest in having him in the booth. I don't know if he wants to invest that much time into it. Um, but his buddy Drew Brees has already signed on to be an analyst uh, for NBC on Sunday night football. And Drew uh, is contemplating retirement. Um, he may retire as well. And wouldn't that be an interesting situation that they started out as teammates and retire the same year, but Breeze has yet to make his decision as we are recording this at, uh, on Thursday at 11.37 a.m. Yeah, I'd like to see Philip in the booth. I want to hear some shoots and ain'ts. He'd be great. You know, words he, like that. Even in a pregame situation, yeah. you, know, you know, you sit there, if it's college football or if it's the NFL or whatever, um, you know, it was always fun to watch him like after a Monday night game and they would ESPN would have him on the set afterwards. And man, he would just go to town rapid fire bah, 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 and he'd just be spitting out stuff that was just great to hear uh, from a guy who certainly knows the game and has a great and creative way to talk about it as well. Well, he doesn't need the money, but Tony Romo didn't need the money either. And I think he's making what, 15 million for CBS? Exactly. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy money. But, yeah. but you know, he may just want to be with the fam. Mm -hmm. Your son in high school football. Uh, I think he's got another son, a younger son who could also play later on down the years. And, you know, the other interesting part too, is what if he invites his dad, Steve, to be on his staff, to be able to come back and coach with his dad. Ooh, that's going to, the money is one thing. I get that. Everybody loves a fat bank account, but Philip may, cherish happiness with his family a little bit more he's he's already made a lot of money but it will be interesting to see where his career path goes but one of the great guys that I've ever had an opportunity to cover I've followed him for so long and to see his NFL career flourish and now it's time to move on down to Alabama and coach some high school football man don't can you imagine being a kid and have Philip Rivers as your head coach that would just be that would be so much fun yeah, we're uh, biased because uh, he was media friendly. Very. That's for sure. In fact, I remember the last two years of his career, this doesn't happen very much, but he would have a weekly press conference. Yeah. And normally with certain pl – most players – most teams are running guys, different guys out there from week to week. But yep. he had reached such an elite level that uh, Annabelle would have him come in, meet with the press every week during the season, usually on Wednesdays. And he'd sit down in a room over there at Reynolds Coliseum and – take questions for 
20, 30 minutes, and then he'd hang out and shoot the breeze a little longer, you know, when it was all over. So yep. you, you don't see that much, but uh, man, we're thankful we had a chance to cover him. More than anything else, we just want to congratulate him on a brilliant career in college football, pro football, and we appreciate the way he has handled himself and carried the banner for NC State all these years. He's already been selected for the NC State Sports Hall of Fame. Now he'll have some time that maybe he can finally be inducted into the NC State Athletics Hall of Fame, although that might interfere with a little high school football. Need to find out when the uh, the bye week is for St. Michael Catholic yeah. and, and schedule around that. And by the way, folks, you're listening to us right now. Uh, Jeff and I are recording this podcast on Zoom so we can see each other. And appropriately enough, right over Jeff's left shoulder in his office is a big picture of old number 17 getting ready to take a snap. Yep. Uh, that hit me yesterday when I walked in and opened the door and it, it was the first thing that, you know, caught my eye as I'm, my office is at Carter Finley stadium and there is a big old picture of Philip. Um, and I just kind of stood here for a while and, and kind of remembered and reflected, uh, not only his career, but the opportunity that you've had, I've had, and a lot of us have had to, to be in contact with Philip Rivers. So heck of a run, my man, heck of a run. Well, I remember when Derek Jeter retired, played his last game at Yankee Stadium, there was a fan in the stands holding this big sign, and I think it's appropriate at this moment. The sign said, don't be sad that it's over. Be happy that it ever happened at all. Amen, brother. That says it all, right? Well, thank you. This has been our Inside NC State Athletics podcast, powered by PNC Bank. I guess we'll return next week and hopefully have some basketball games to talk about. Let's hope so. Yes, let's trend in that direction. For Jeff Gravely, I'm Tony Haynes. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. This has been the Inside NC State Athletics podcast, powered by PNC Bank, the official bank of NC State University and Athletics. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.